Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. People hurting, people broken, beating down and feeling hopeless. Wonder if it's gonna always be this way. We'll speak up for the captive, show some love and heal a past that binds the wounds we think will never go away. But what if we could be a people on our knees as one before the king? Cause we believe. us how to love one another the way that you love us. I pray for this next generation, Father. That our cities, that our countries. That you would just bring restoration. God, we pray that you would move among us. Let us be your hands and your feet. For your glory, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Brilliant. Well, good morning, everybody. My name's Alan. Great to uh, have the chance to speak to you today about prayer. As you can imagine from the song, hope you enjoyed the song, the world starts changing when the church starts praying. That's what we're talking about today. I want to introduce Pioneer 
prayer to you today. We've um, got a seven-week cycle, if you're aware or if you're not aware, of events in the church. We run through, starting with warrior worship and running through our events during the week uh, that we do around the um, stronger events and the um, fight club events and the adorn events and the uh, life uh, group events. So there's a seven-week cycle and rhythm. And introducing now pioneer prayer. So, what is pioneer prayer? And I want to um, just uh, recognize that for many people in here, prayer will be uh, something that you're familiar with, that you're comfortable with, that is, you may uh, think of as individual, that it's about you and God. And it is. For every Christian, prayer is the conversation that we want to be having with our God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ. We want to be thinking our inner self-talk when we become a Christian starts to become our talk with Jesus, just our everyday thinking, conversation. When we wake up in the morning till we go to bed at night, we're having a conversation with God, or that is the opportunity that prayer gives us as individuals. And for many of you, you might decide that's plenty. But I want to encourage you that coming together in prayer gives another dynamic, another aspect to our Christian faith, and is fundamental to what we do, what any church has done over the generations, that prayer is fundamental. And um, pioneer prayer started as a conversation in our house. Sally was thinking, warrior worship. P, prayer. What could it be? <laughs> we need something. I have so powerful prayer, Sally. That'll do fine. But no, that wasn't good enough. So we had a conversation and um, thought of lots of P words. Uh, some not appropriate, some better than others. But Alana here, my uh, youngest daughter, suggested pioneer prayer out of the blue. And we thought, what did you say, Alana? Pioneer prayer. That is really interesting. So what is it all about, pioneer prayer? And of course, there's nothing new under the sun. And this is not the exclusive event for pioneers. But if we, I'll see if I can do this slide thing, shall I? See what happens here. <laughs> prayer works. Pioneer prayer. Pioneering prayer. What is pioneering prayer? Well, pioneer, a pioneer, the, the dictionary says, is a person who is among the first to explore or settle a new country or area, or a person who is among the first to research and develop a new area of knowledge or activity. Synonyms, words that mean the same thing. Developer, innovator, groundbreaker, trailblazer, pathfinder, frontrunner, founder, founding father, architect, experimenter, instigator, creator. How exciting does that make a prayer meeting sound if you're doing all these things? Isn't it sound... Because prayer, to be honest, between you and I, sometimes is like for the, the holy wollies, the, the, you know, the, the really slightly too serious Christians amongst us, and they've got prayer meetings. And some people love prayer meetings, and some people just have never, ever, and never will, and do not go to prayer meetings. And I just want to, wherever you're at in your thinking about prayer, to warm you up to the opportunity 
and the potential for coming together in prayer even more. So pioneering is about this. It's about developing, being the first to use or apply an area of knowledge or activity, being the first. It's about developing, introducing, evolving, starting, beginning, launching, instigating, taking the lead in, spearheading, establishing, giving birth to, originating, setting in motion, creating, opening up, laying the groundwork for, leading the way, preparing the way, laying the foundation of blazing a trail, setting the ball rolling, breaking new ground is what prayer, prayer is about. That is what pioneering prayer is going to do and what pioneering prayer has done throughout the generations of this church from the day of Pentecost when prayer opened up the power of the Holy Spirit for the first time onto the earth for all people everywhere. Prayer has been fundamental to the development and the progress of the church and that's why. And it's a great word. Isn't it a great word? Pioneering. Pioneering prayer just sounds phenomenal. I can't say it. Phenomenal prayer would have been a good one too. We'll see. So, that's what it means in English. In the spiritual realms, pioneering prayer is about taking ground in the spiritual realms that we don't yet possess in the physical realm. Pioneer prayer is about taking ground in the spiritual realms that we don't yet have in the physical realm. Pioneer prayer is about laying the groundwork for Preparing the way for establishing foundations for setting in motion, exploring, discovering, front running, trailblazing, like this family over here, trailblazing all the way from Holland to here, trailblazing to win for the kids in Scotland the gospel and the hope. Fantastic. Settling out, settling into all the fullness. This is about settling into all the fullness of what God has purchased planned and prepared for us. God has promises, but we need to take hold of them. And it's through prayer that we take hold of the promises that God has for us first and foremost. And then we see them coming into reality. Pioneer prayer will give faith to those who are doubting, strength to those who are weak, hope to those who are discouraged. It will bring light to those who are in darkness and bring vision to those who can't see. Sounds like a bit of a particle broadcast, but it's so exciting. Prayer is exciting. It's about changing things. It's about seeing things and bringing them to pass. Ian Thompson, bless you, last week came forward for prayer that this Thursday would go well for him. And his report on Friday to the prayer chain declared that everything that he hoped for and prayed for happened. Prayer changes things for our daylight. Thank you, Ian, for your testimony. See, Rachel, this week put our prayer up in the prayer chain. We can tell, anybody can put a prayer request up. Rachel, for her dad, crying out for breakthrough for her dad, crying out for the hope of God to come. And together, as a church, we can support Rachel in prayer and pining prayer is believing and trusting and building the groundwork, building the foundations that what Rachel hopes for and sees for her dad comes to pass. And so it is for all of us. All of us may need prayer. All of us may see people who need prayer. It's just hope, faith, rescuing, recovery, health, finances, relationships. These are the sort of things that we're believing for and seeing for that God wants to bring into our lives, to bring into our future. 
pioneer prayer takes us to places we haven't been, do things we haven't done, scale heights we have not reached, and discovering depths that we have not known. It's doing something new. Praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit who moves in us to move us forward in Jesus' name. Pioneer prayer starts 6 till 7 tonight. Anybody coming yet? Come on. Anybody coming yet? Anybody coming? It's a really awkward time, isn't it? Blimey, 6 till 7. Who thought of that one? 7 till 8, Mondays, Monday mornings, Tuesday. I don't know when is the right time. There's never a perfect time to prayer. In fact, every time somebody says a prayer meeting, I know I have something on. It's, it's just how it is. And it's the challenge for us to just try and say, this is inconvenient, but it's worth it. Prayer is invisible but invaluable. We're going to have prayer once a month or so, pioneer prayer once a month, within the seven-week cycle. Sunday nights at the moment, six till seven. If you want to suggest other times, please do let us know. If you want to come, please do. If you don't want to come, pray that God gives you the opportunity to come. Be a pioneering prayer, wouldn't it? There's something about coming together, even that little video at the end, just the joining of hands, the joining of hearts, the joining of agreement, believing. And even, you know, Jesus said, those, when we agree on earth, two or three are gathered, I will be with you. And what you agree on earth is released in heaven. What is bound on earth is bound in heaven. There's something powerful about coming together in prayer. Very exciting. Let's try this again. So there's three aspects to pioneering prayer. Redeeming the past, recovering the present, and releasing the future. This is just some tools, some way to help structure what we're going to be doing on Sunday nights. Some structure to what we might want to do in our individual prayers. But always, it seems... The best prayer meetings, the best prayer, the best time starts with praise and thanksgiving. We enter his courts with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's why on a Sunday morning we will open with praise and worship because we believe that's the doorway into the presence of God, that his, he inhabits his praises, that, that we as his gates, the Holy Spirit comes in as we give thanks and praise. We shout to joy for the Lord, worship the Lord with gladness. It redeems the past. It actually giving thanks like Ian did, says God was with me in that situation. It looks back on faith. It declares actually that God works all things together for the good of those who called him according to his purposes, who love him or called according to purpose. We can look back and think that was a disaster. Where was God in that situation? Because it didn't work out as we'd hoped. He just seemed absent. But if we look back and say, well, I don't know, 
But thank you, Lord, that I'm still here today. Thank you, Lord, that you're still with me. I don't understand the outcome. But if we declare in every circumstance, in every situation, we lay it at God's feet and say, thank you, Lord. Do you know the power that releases to defeat the enemy in our lives, in our minds, in our situations? If we can give thanks to God for our upbringings, we can give thanks to God for our childhood, for our uh, growing up, for the good things and the bad things, the difficult times and the, 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 everything that has happened to us. If we can say, Jesus, I thank you for who you've made me to be. The enemy that has been telling you, as Ian was rightly, uh, Scott was talking about, the stuff that we carry, the burdens that we carry, the lies that we've been told, are wiped out by thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and worship are powerful prayers. So we're going to start with thanksgiving and praise. We're going to recover the present. It's a spiritual battle that we're in. 1 Peter 5, 6 to 10 says, Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and be sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the face, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will self-restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Recovering the present. The enemy wants to take ground from you and from I, from the church, from society, from the world, from God. He wants to uh, shut down the kingdom of God advancing in our lives and in the world. He wants to stop things happening. He wants to rob you of joy, rob you of faith, rob you of hope, rob you of your health. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy us. That is the purpose of the enemy. That is what we're fighting for. That's why we need to pray against it, because it works. Let's see this video. Clara, sorry to surprise you. We'll just jump to the... Oh, maybe I can do it, can I? Yes. That one there. So, physical warfare is what we see here. Forrest Gump. Anybody enjoy that film? It's an old one. Slightly, probably not politically correct these days. I love it, though. Here's a little bit about Forrest Gump. You may be familiar with it. In, a, in the war zone, he's just been walking in Vietnam, been bombed and shot at, and they've been told to retreat, so he's, as Forrest does, on the run, on the run. What a powerful image, what a film. Apologies for some of the stronger language in there. But the image of spiritual warfare should not be, don't tempt to think it's not really like that. Don't tempt to think that it's not as brutal as that in the spiritual realms that we're facing in Scotland today that we may not have the physical battle, but we are facing a spiritual battle of the same dimensions, being shot at, being attacked, our kids being r ransacked and destroyed by the enemy wanting to undermine who they are as people, their identity, our young men choosing death over life because it seems the right choice. In this society, in the spiritual realms, in Scotland, in the world today, it is a battle. And we need to recognize that. And we need to understand that it is by prayer that we can most effectively overcome the attacks of the enemy.
and recover people from even out of the flames as they come, even out of the ground that they're lying on, groaning and moaning in the Holy Spirit. It says our prayers are just like groanings. And sometimes we know people that all they can do is just groan. They can't speak for themselves. They can't talk. They can't say. And we need as prayer pioneers to go and ask the Holy Spirit to rescue them spiritually. Jesus has gone into the battle for us. We're just saying, move on our behalf. The Lord is the God who fights our battles, and he will pick people up and bring them out and bring them home, as Baba was wanting. Sometimes they've been shot, though. We understand that. We understand that. But we can be with them. We can support them. There is no end to the battle yet, but it is coming. It is coming. And the end to the battle is our third part of this prayer, to think about the future. And just when we're praying on the third, the third aspect of prayer is releasing the future, recovering the present, releasing the future. And this is the, the, the dynamic that perhaps is least familiar with. I was praying with the leaders on Thursday night, and an image came into my head of this rowing crew. You know how a rowing crew works? Oxford and Cambridge stuff. They're rowing away, rowing away, rowing away. They're going forward, backwards. They don't see where they're going. Do you notice that? They're all going backwards. There's a wee guy there at the front who is going forward and sees what's ahead. Let's call him the Holy Spirit, shall we? Let's call him the Christ. The job of the Holy Spirit, the job of that little guy is to get that whole boat in rhythm, pulling at the same time, directing them to go left or to go right because he can see where they are going. In prayer, we need the Holy Spirit to see what God sees. Faith is being confident of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see, we cannot see. All we can see is what's happened before, can't we? This happened in my life, that happened in my life. What's going to happen next week, next year? Don't know. I've not seen it yet. So we start to say, we need to do that because that was a really good time. We look back in our life and think, that was great. God was there. Let's stop and do that again. In the natural, what we tend to do is try and recreate the past times that we thought were the best times. As a church, we can make that mistake as well, that what worked in the past will work in the future. What were the good days, we'll recreate them and do them again. But all we can see is what happened before. The Holy Spirit can see what's happening ahead and see what the kingdom of God is going to be like. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. Only as the Holy Spirit reveals to us the future can we see it. Sure of what we hope for, hoping for health, 
hoping for every single child in Scotland to know the gospel, hoping for every young man in Dunfermline to have a choice, to have a hope. What does the kingdom look like through God's eyes? What does this building look like through God's eyes? Maybe it's full of young people every single day. Where did that come from? They came. Did we know they were coming? Uh-uh. Were they rescued out of the fire? Too obvious, isn't it? Can't resist it. What God is preparing for those who loved him. Pioneer prayer starts to let the Holy Spirit plant in our hearts, plant in our minds what he is doing in the future. He starts to put something in place that we say, I want to be there. And, and it, it, it sounds awful spiritual, but it's just like, I want my son to live. Might be what you hope for. That might be it. And that's the future. You may want to see him married. You may want to see him not have to carry out his breathing. And we've seen that through Pam and Carl. We've seen a future that was not there created because God had that future in plan. And that's what we're going to do in Pioneer Prayer. We're going to believe for the kingdom of God to come. We're going to believe for what we hope for to come about. We're going to ask God to show us what He is doing, where He is taking us. We're going to begin to learn to come together, to grow stronger together, to get in rhythm together, because the Holy Spirit has a beat and a rhythm and a future that He's trying to align us to as a list local body. We have a dynamic and a purpose together that is unique to us in the kingdom of God. But as we start to catch that vision, to see what God is doing in this place, we will start to get faster. We will start to get stronger. We'll start to go faster. We'll start to see more good things happening that we can't see behind us, but we, suddenly they've happened. We've suddenly seen healings. We've suddenly seen miracles. We've suddenly seen this place used for the community purpose that we've always hoped for. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Come and find out at six o'clock till seven, and God will speak, I believe, I hope. Let's see. Come on. Is that exciting? Is that exciting? Is God exciting? Is God good? I loved. Charge. <laughs> Miriam's dad. His name is difficult to say for a Scotsman. That's why I said charge. 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 Did you notice a dad's heart for his daughter? I did. I love that. Thank you. Just seeing his daughter worship and lead us in worship. Thank you, Miriam, if you're here. There you are. You know, I believe God hears us all sing like Miriam. Aaron, even you, mate. When you sing, when we worship, when we praise, it's not God standing there receiving. He's at the front of his camera going, look at my guy. Look at my child. I love this girl. I love this boy. Because we are created to worship. And that's where it starts. And out of that relationship, out of that experience, out of that connection, God starts to say, here's my kingdom coming. Here's my will being done. As 
we he learn to hear and understand what the Holy Spirit is doing. We learn to see and take hold of the future. Pioneering prayer takes us to places we've not been. Scales heights we haven't reached. Goes to depths we haven't been on. The Holy Spirit is here and he's moving upon us. And as we come together as a group of people, we're going to see God do great things. Isn't that exciting? That's our future. That's our hope. That's our purpose. That's what God wants to do because he loves doing it. He loves people receiving prayer and moving in prayer for others, getting them out of the the vines. You know, Hebrews 11, just to finish up here. Hebrews 11 and 12 talks about the heroes of faith. And it starts with that. Hebrews 11 starts with being confident of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And it goes on with a list of heroes of the Bible. And it goes on to say about what more shall I say? Just maybe that Actually, if you can manage to get the band back up, we can begin to start to move into the next little phase. But to finish, to conclude, Hebrews 11. What more can I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sodden too. They were killed by the sword. They were went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. And that is not what I'm asking you to do. You'll be glad to know. These were the examples of the kingdom of God for Israel being established on earth. We have a spiritual kingdom that Jesus is establishing on the earth, a spiritual realm. And it says, they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something far better for us so that only together us with us would they be made perfect. These are the better days. This is what they hoped for. This city, this purpose. They were pioneers leading us into places that they could see but could not understand why they suffered and why they gave their lives, but they did. And Hebrews 12 goes on from there to say this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily us, entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured this cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's where we're called today, to set our eyes on Jesus, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, the pioneer of our salvation, the pioneer of faith. And as we fix our eyes on Jesus in prayer, we will start to see the kingdom of God come in, not just to our lives, not just to our families, but to this town, to this city, and this great creation that we have before us. So fix our eyes on Jesus. We're going to go into um, 
a time, firstly, of worship. We don't have long this morning, and I want to have time to pray for those who need rescued or you know need rescued. So we've got a prayer team, and I'm going to ask the prayer team to find the box to put their thing on during the song. Don't rush off now. And they will be waiting, two or three at least, to pray for anybody that wants to come forward for prayer like Ian did last week. If you've got a need, or if you know somebody with a need, or if you just have a burden in your heart for this town, for this nation, for this church, just come forward. This is, this, this is, is a sign of great faith to come forward. It's one way to fix our eyes on Jesus. It's a step of faith. And it's difficult and awkward and uncomfortable, I know. <laughs> but we encourage you. Let the Holy Spirit just, like forest, put somebody on your heart. Baba, I've got to rescue him. So we're going to have a short, we're going to worship together in Thanksgiving, stage one. We're going to then dial the music down if that's okay. Can we do one song? Thanksgiving, praise that work. And then we'll have the prayer team up and we'll come forward. And just for a short period, just pray together. And we'll call it a day there. But the invitation to come back to 6 o'clock tonight, if, if you can, please do. Please come if you can. And we'll gather together in the room uh, on the left as we arrive, and there will be an hour. Claire is going to lead it, as we were saying. We're going to focus on the kids particularly, but we're going to do all this. So come on. Come on. Are you ready to worship? Your father is with his camera, excited. Let's worship.